The Word in the World. You're listening to The Word in the World podcast, a resource to help make the world around you make sense. Let's zone in and share with each other our knowledge, encouragement, wisdom, and understanding. This is The Word in the World. All right, welcome back to the Word in the World podcast, where we bring you topics, talk, and truth. Everything from the news to the New Testament. So, hey, guys. Yo. We are back um, with another episode. So, Stop looking at me, man. Uh-huh, Stop looking at me. Because you look over the, look at, look at the wall, man. I'm not doing <laughs> that. I'm not submitting to that. Anyway, I'm going to continue with what I'm here to do, the show. Uh, we were not supposed to have an additional episode oh, yeah. to the freedom series yeah, yeah, yeah. we wrapped that up mm-hmm. with tangier the domestic violence episode episode what part five yeah right but <laughs> there was a comment that was left on the promo for tangier's episode yeah right and i checked this comment out and it's this guy he's like you know hey man um i listened to the episode the episode was dope like, I really want to know how you guys are selecting your guest because mm-hmm. I have a story to tell in so many words, right? I'm paraphrasing. So I take a closer look and I recognize who this guy is. Mm-hmm. And I actually went to his church to see him speak about maybe two or three months ago. Wow. Awesome teacher. So when I recognized it was him, I'm like, yo, this would be a dope opportunity, you know, to get somebody that's very, you know, well-spoken. I know he's going to have an amazing testimony. Mm -hmm. Let's get him on. What was interesting about it is he is a teacher at a church that Jason had recommended oh, just yeah. the day before. Jason was like, hey, let's check this church out. Yeah. So, J- so one day Jason's like, hey, check this church <laughs> out. This church looks really cool. We got we should go look at it or something like that. And then the very next day, a teacher from that exact like yeah. church hits me up about coming on the podcast. Crazy. Like we talked about it in Tangier's episode, <laughs> but we're going to talk about it again. Like this is how God brings things together. Yes, sir. There is no, you know, like, oh, that's just uh, you know, happenstance. Yeah. Nah. It don't work it's like not that. Chance. Yeah, this is not by chance. Mm-hmm. So um I spoke with this guy on the phone, got his testimony, um, some details of it. We're getting ready to go through it now. Yeah. Um, prepare yourselves to hear some interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, excited because uh, I haven't even heard it yet. Yeah. I just heard the tidbits that Marcus told me, and it was like, what in the world? You know, like, he one phrase that he said was, this person had an encounter with God. And I was like, okay. Because yeah. that's not an everyday phrase that people say, like, I've had an encounter yeah, with an God. Encounter with yeah. God. So I was like, all right, I'm I'm all for it. Let's talk to this dude. Right. I'm excited, <laughs> man. I'm over here, like, just smiling, just thinking about it. Yeah. So without further ado. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. Actor. Actor. Teacher. <laughs> Writer. Writer. Communicator. Fellow podcaster. Yes, sir. No yeah. pressure, right? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Welcome to the show, Ray Watson, Raymond yes, Watson. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. Yes, sir. Excited to be here. So, man, what, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we see where you're at now. You're teaching in a church and, uh, you know, you're very uh, 
involved i guess in in the body and stuff like that but from what marcus told me like this has not been the case for you know a while well it wasn't the case just take us back like where where did your i guess relationship with the church meaning like you know the building or just christianity in general like where did that start yeah so uh starting starting at the beginning Mm -hmm. um i was born and raised in church um I was originally from Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. and so growing up in Detroit, every Sunday I went to church with my mom and uh, my grandmom, and you know, like I told Marcus, the thing is, it was just something I did. Yeah. You know, Sundays, that's what you did. You went to church, mm. but it wasn't part of who I was every other day of the week, mm-hmm. and so it was easy to just, you know, live my life how I wanted to, Saturday you know, through Friday, mm-hmm. do what you want, club, party, dance. Um, but then Sunday, you get up, you go to church. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I was raised. And then it wasn't until I got to Howard University that I had that, that wake up call, mm-hmm. that epiphany Yeah, that really brought me to the Lord for real, for real. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about? Yeah, so, so fill us that, in. Fill yeah. us in. Are, and are you? Are, are there parts between Howard and uh, when you were in Detroit, or like, or is this okay? Okay, it was boom boom. Whoa! Um, <laughs> wow. Now let me say, when I when I got to Howard, I had my plans. <laughs> yeah. And God had different plans. <laughs> my plan was to experience Howard's eighteen to one. Female to male ratio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just keeping it real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right? That's why I was my go goal. to certain schools. Like, yeah, oh, I'm uh, trying. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to experience that whole eighteen to one. Mm-hmm. And then my freshman year, um, God had other plans. I had a friend that stayed in my dorm, and on a regular basis, he would invite me to his church, and I would always tell him no. I, I didn't come to college mm. to go back to church. I'm mm. trying to sow my royal oats. <laughs> <laughs> and so he kept asking me over, uh, you know, several months. And then one day, for some reason, I just said, you know, I'm not doing anything. I'll go. And it was this like Friday night youth event at their church. Mm. And so I went. And from that first time of going to his church and hearing the message, it just hit me. Unlike any message I had heard um, up to that point. And I think some of the main things it did was for the first time, I recognized that I was a sinner hmm. and wow. that God was holy because I always considered myself a good dude. Like, you know, I was raised, you know, to be respectful. Um, <laughs> I always got good grades in school. Um, I was like, a girl's like a lot of the girls I dated, their moms loved me. Yeah. Cause I was respectful. I was uh-huh. nice. I was kind. I got good grades. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was a good dude. Yeah. And so when I heard this message and I realized like, nah, bro, you are a sinner and God is holy and you are not right with him. Wow. Hmm. That was like, <laughs> wow. Oh, dang. I need to make some changes. Yeah. Wow. Because me and God ain't cool. Man. I thought we were cool. I thought I was a good dude. 
And this and so, is at 18, 19, yep, 18. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is like, That's awesome. First yeah, of all, that seems young. <laughs> catch that early. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> God Especially, knew yeah, what yeah, I was yeah, going yeah, to do. Got, <laughs> I know what you're trying to do at <laughs> Howard. This dude is going to destroy <laughs> his life. To one, huh? right. Let me get yeah. it. Real quick. 18 to um, one. And so after going to that, that first uh, church night, I started going to their Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Um, I started hanging out with more of the people and just fell in love with the people, fell in love with the church. Um, you know, every Sunday, me and some friends of mine, we'd go, we'd be in the front row, hands lifted. It's on fire. On fire. Yeah. Like, just consumed, you know, with all of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, for the first time, I was learning about God, like, daily, you know. Mm-hmm. I was walking with him, learning more about him, and it wasn't just a Sunday thing. Mm-hmm. So everything was great. Everything was wonderful, on fire, and then I find out that the church was a cult. Whoa, whoa, whoa! So what do you what, what? do you mean it was? <laughs> what do you mean it was a cult? Okay, so when I say cult, I don't mean like drink the Kool Aid. Uh, everybody drink the Kool Aid type, type, right? <laughs> uh, everybody's not like sleeping with each other type cult. Okay. Uh, um, it was a lot more subtle in how. Um, they are a cult. Okay. And so what happened was um, that summer I went back home and I had a conversation with my mom's pastor because I guess he was familiar with the church. And mm-hmm. so when we sat down and talked, he just asked me some questions like, mm. have you noticed that they believe this? Mm. And I said, huh? Yeah, I've noticed that. Have you noticed they teach this? Huh? I've noticed that too. Mm. And so by the end of the conversation, he had just asked me several questions that made me think about things that I had heard and seen in the church. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize that it was a cult. So some of the things uh-huh. okay. that made them a cult is, for one, they believe that if you are a part of their church and you're under their doctrine, you're under their teaching, then your salvation is assured. Like you're going to heaven. Whoa. Okay. But if you're not a part of their church under their doctrine and under their teaching, you might not be saved. Wow. Whoa. You you might be, but yeah. more than likely you're not okay. saved and you're not going to heaven. Wow. And they would they never like stand in the pulpit and say that. Yeah. But over time, you just start to develop that sort of superiority complex. Like Whoa. we good here. So it's like this membership plus doctrinal right. kind of thing. Okay, so like what were the types of things, I guess, that you would see or that they had in their doctrine that would... So one of the things they believed is you may believe in, you may believe in God, you may have made, you know, some sort of confession mm-hmm. that Jesus is Lord, that's all well and good. But until you get baptized, until you have some, you know, elder or officiant, you know, stand over you, put you down in the water, baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bring you up out the water. Until that happens, you're not saved. What? Wow. So, so water baptism is, so, is a requirement to salvation. To yeah. to salvation. It, it's a requirement to salvation. Jeez. You yeah. can confess and believe. That's good. Mm. Yeah. But you're not you you're not good yet mm. until you Man. are baptized in water. Then you're good. Wow. 
Pink. So that's Pink. one of the things that yeah. sort of sets them okay. apart from. <laughs> I see you ready. You ready? So <laughs> I was just going to say when people, because I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, there may be people who are out there and you may think that that is the truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, or you wouldn't dispute that if it came up. Right. But right. it's like, if you look at what Christ is saying, you know, he even says, like, John baptized you with water. Right. But, you know, I'm baptizing you this way. And, like, there's a Holy Spirit baptism. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. so you, you know, I'm just saying, like, look into it. I'm sure that, you know, Ray is going to talk more about it. But mm-hmm. that's that's not, like, doctrine. But then if you, <laughs> if you look in the New Testament, mm-hmm. you'll see stories of people who didn't get baptized. Right. And you don't see it equated to them going to hell. Right. Like mm. when he was on the cross with the two thieves. Mm. I was going to bring that up And too, yeah. Jesus looks to him and says, you know, as of this day, you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's his baptism? He right. didn't get it. Never right. Happened. So he wasn't yeah. baptized, but Jesus tells him point blank. There's like no mm-hmm. confusion. It's not a, well, maybe you'll see me in paradise. Right. right. Jesus says to the thief, today you will see me in paradise. Yeah. yeah. And they were going to be killed. And so after his death, Jesus is saying, you'll be with me in heaven. Right. But he wasn't baptized. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And even like when you look at uh, when Jesus was healing people, it was like he wasn't saying, hey, go be baptized. He was just like, go sin no more. Mm-hmm. Or he would just tell people like, you're forgiving your sins. He said that to right. the paralytic, like all your sins are forgiven. Get up, walk away. Yeah. You know, like right. it's this idea of just, it's a heart thing. Mm-hmm. It ain't, it's not a physical, right. I got to do this and then do this because if that was the case, I mean, we were, we kind of giving these equations to God like, right. Oh, I can do a, B, C, D. And now I got it. Right. The formula. Yeah. Anybody give can just formula. give me the I formula when your heart, to go. you still are wicked. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even That's the baptism itself was just like a public expression of your belief now. Right. You know, so it wasn't like a requirement. It's like, you know, it's you just kind of publicly displaying for the purposes of ministry, for the purposes of advancement of the kingdom. You yeah. Know, so that people would be like, oh, okay, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. What's, let, me, let me check that out. But it wasn't like a requirement yeah. at any point. Like before I got water baptized, I still knew I was saved. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I did it, like you're saying, as a, I did it like, you know, my grandmother came. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be this public thing of like, I'm a new creature. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I knew before that, mm-hmm. you know, that I was saved and God loved me and Christ was Lord and all these things. Right. I, I like even the point that you made. I know we, I don't want to go too far off, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. the point that you made earlier about what John said too. He's like, I'll baptize you with water, but the one who comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yes. Which shows you the insignificance of the water mm. right there in that statement. Wow. So it's very, very clear in scripture that that's not what is required. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, giving your heart to God, like you said. And again, but, uh, it it is a part of the Christian walk right. to, yeah. you know, have that baptism experience. But, you know, what we're saying is it's not a requirement right. that you get baptized in order for you to be saved right. yeah. and go to heaven. Right. So it's important, but again, it's not a requirement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what else? What other um, things? Something like- else that they believed that sort of set them apart is they didn't believe in using instruments. So, like, 
if you went, it was, you know, there was praise and worship, but there was no band, you know, so there was no drums, no, none of that. And one of the reasons they believe that is if you look in the New Testament, they didn't have bands and musicians. And so we don't feel that there's a need to have all of that extraness when it comes to, you know, us having church. And so we're going to use our voices to have praise and worship. We're going to lift up the Lord and all the the extra stuff Uh will leave to someone else. They also didn't necessarily believe in a church building. And so um, all of the churches that were under them, Uh they all met in schools. Okay. And it wasn't simply out of convenience, but they really didn't believe in having a church building. Hmm. And so they would only meet in schools or different type of venues. And what is that? Would they, like when you, I got to rewind to like the music thing. Like, would they, would they challenge you to address these beliefs of theirs? Would they be like, go through scripture and, and, you know, see if you find this this or, or seek for yourself why we are saying these things? Or would it just be like, this is what it is and that's it? Um, They'd probably say, this is, they set it up as this is what we believe. This is why we believe it mm-hmm. based on scriptures. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to go and examine for yourself, feel free. Okay. Mm-hmm. But just okay. know that the reason we do what we do is because of the examples in the scriptures. Okay. Wow. And so, you know, feel free to examine for yourself. Mm-hmm. But we know for ourselves why we do this. Okay. And it's mm-hmm. based on scripture. Okay. And then the thing with the building, is it a matter of, like, uh, humility? Were they trying to say, like, you know, we shouldn't have a lot of money and we shouldn't own stuff? Or or just this idea that, like, you can't, can, the church can go anywhere? Yeah, like, what, what, what is that? a person have been condemned for having a building? Yeah. Possibly. Okay. Because if you look at Acts and, you know, the, the way Paul was, you know... Like in, in, in Acts, they, they met in people's homes. Yeah. They met in the street. Mm-hmm. You don't see the apostles building these ornate buildings uh-huh. to come together and have church. Okay. okay. They had church every day. They, they would meet. They would fellowship. I see. Um, they would break bread together. Gotcha. And so when we start to put an emphasis on a building, it takes away from... The, the the truth of just fellowshipping, breaking bread, mm. and that's what, you know, the body should look like. Okay. So if you took, for example, if you took two, $2 million of the church's money to build a building, they probably would look down on that because uh, they would okay. see that as probably a mismanagement of funds. You could have taken that $2 million and helped your members to, you know, set up their homes to mm. meet at in their homes to have fellowship. You could have helped the poor with that. And again, they're some of their, their things, they're not negative or bad. Mm-hmm. It's just when you have these different things that 
we believe this. Yeah. We do that's this. That's the issue. Yeah. And then you put all that together, it builds this separation between who we are and what yeah. we believe and everyone else. Yeah. Because well, I, I can understand how you would start looking at the rest of the body. Like, oh, look at look at how yeah. look at how terrible they're, you know, mismanaging all of, you know, the money that is in the kingdom of God. Right. Like, and so you become... You can become very judged. Like, look at how they're playing instruments over there. Like, all we use is our voices wow, over here. Wow, that's like the that. issue. That's I'm the glad issue you, right there. You made that point because just in mentioning it, it's like, well, okay, I, I could see how that it's, that's a. Valid, it's not an issue with that. Yeah, it's yeah. not an issue. Sounds like a valid point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if it's if it's like this is a part of our salvation or this is a part of our walk with Christ, like it must be this way. Yeah. And you're right. looking at other people like, all right, well, they ain't really in the body because they yeah. don't do it like we do it. That's, that's an issue. And that's like, a terrible issue. One of the things that you subtly develop is, and, and I said this already, is you develop this superiority complex like you start to feel like we are disciples yeah like we are disciples and we make disciples like when we go out we're converting people Mm. we're getting we are again we are disciples and we're making disciples yeah these other churches i don't know what they doing like they they may have some some nice celebrations Uh they may have a good time but are they making disciples? Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's what it boiled down to. Wow. Like, we making disciples. Yeah. That was the tone. Are you making disciples? Okay. If you're not making disciples, yeah. then... We ain't with you. Yeah, we ain't with you. Wow. Yeah. Because what, what you're doing, like you're saying, like, that sounds good, you know, in theory. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. okay, every everybody, you know, give your money to the poor and it shouldn't be this and that. But like... You're almost suffocating the word when you do that. Mm-hmm. It's like you're saying like, "Oh, I I can't go to this church over here because it's not it's not right, yeah. or they're not doing it the right way." Where yeah. this pastor in there could be anointed and teaching and and whatever, and healing th- people, and you're gonna not go there because and then what it does it becomes a filter. So like any uh-huh. church you visit, yep. or any people <laughs> That's you what meet, I was thinking. Like, how do you you've got this go? filter. Like you sitting back. Automatically mm-hmm. judging, like, mm, see, yep, mm-hmm. wow, see, they got all all yeah. of that extraness, mm-hmm. wow, um, see, that ain't, mm. and so it just becomes a filter, yeah, through which you see churches, people, everything, yeah, and see, that's such an important point because your focus is no longer on fellowship wow. with people. It's not loving people and loving God. It's the filter that you just mentioned. That's that Sheesh. is like. Man, ah, okay, okay. That's pollution. You can, you can get, yeah, pollution. It's pollution. Perfect word bro. for it. Wow. Okay. So back to the journey. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> so you had, you had like this moment where you started like realizing, like, all right, like, what's yeah, what's take up us with back. You said so you left the past. So when I when I found out that the church was a cult, and this is this is after the conversation with the pastor. Yep, yep, okay. Yep. All right. That was over the the summer. Okay. So the summer of my freshman year is when I had that conversation. Okay. Okay. Oh, with my mom's pastor. And so for that whole summer, I was just lost. Mm. Um, and then coming back to Howard from my sophomore year, I was just, I was lost, mm. confused, hurt, angry, mm-hmm. bitter. All the emotions you can think of, that's what I felt. So were people, were your old friends and, and people from that that group of like, hey man, what's up? Like, where you? Where, I'll get okay, to that. all right, my bad, that. my bad, my <laughs> bad. Um, 
And so for months, I just walked around. It felt like I walked around in, in a haze of confusion. Mm. And I blamed God because mm. I felt like the way I felt is I was this like innocent person that went into this thing like, all right, God, here I am. I'm ready to, you know, give my life over to you. Have your way with me. Let's walk this thing out together. I'm like a blank slate. Have your way. Yeah. And then for God to lead me into something that Mm -hmm. he knew was a cult, it just, it rocked me. Yeah. It rocked my world. And so for all of these months, I had all this anger and pain and confusion. And then one day I was in my dorm and I broke down in my dorm and I just let everything out Mm -hmm. that I had been holding in for all these months. You know, I told God why I was so angry at him and why I was so confused and hurt. And after I just vented all of this hurt, anger and pain, Mm -hmm. just as clearly as you guys hear my voice, I heard God Wow! like he spoke through all of that confusion and haze. And what I heard him say is, son, you don't realize now why I let you go through all this. But in time, you will. Mm. If you just trust me, if you trust me, Mm. I'm going to make you stronger, wiser, better than any man could, than any church Mm. could. I'm going to be your teacher, your leader, your guide, your everything that you need me to be. I'm going to be for you if you trust me. Mm. That's incredible. And so... Like after hearing you just that, stopped, right? Yeah, <laughs> man, I got up, wiped off my face, cleaned my face, and said, "All right, God, let's do this." Mm-hmm. And so, awesome. after that experience, it developed such a solid foundation of faith mm-hmm. that even all these years later, I can never be shaken. Wow! Because when you've had that encounter mm-hmm. with with God's voice speaking to you so clearly, yeah, you can't be shaken. And then you mentioned, you know, how did some of the old members, you know, look at me? A couple weeks later, I was on campus and one of the guys from the church bumped into me. And one of the good things I will say about the church is they took their walk seriously. Mm-hmm. So like they studied the word and mm. they, they, they know their stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I immensely admired that about them. Mm-hmm. And so one of the guys was going to the church again, student of the word knows his stuff, bumped into him on campus. And he said, Hey, Ray, you know what, what's going on? I haven't seen you at church lately. Uh, is everything good? And I told him, well, you know, uh, bro, I found some things out about the church that, you know, it just didn't sit right with me. And so I just had to walk away. And, you know, me and God are learning more about each other. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, he started to to challenge me mm-hmm. to say, OK, Ray, you're, you're basically you're you're backsliding, mm-hmm. you're backsliding. Oh, wow. you, you've you've fallen away from the Lord. Let me help bring you back in. Wow. Because you're not coming right, where we right, are. Right, wow. right. You, you have fallen away. And so as we're having this conversation, I heard God say. Well, your salvation was on the line at this mm-hmm. point, right? All right, mm-hmm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, all right. You heard God <laughs> um, say. I heard God say, say this to him. Mm. 
okay. And so, like, I can't remember specifically what it was, uh-huh. but God said, say this to him. So I said, you know, whatever it was God said. And he went, hmm, that's a good point, Ray. That's, mm, that's a good point. Um, let me get back to you on that. Wow. What? And then God said, now give this scripture to him. Huh. Okay. And then I mentioned that scripture to him. And he went, hmm, that's also true, Ray. Yeah. Let, me, uh, let, me, let me think on that. Uh. And then the third time, God said, and now say this to him. <laughs> and I said that scripture or whatever it was. And he was like, huh. Yeah, those, those, those are some, some great points, Ray. Let me talk to pastor wow. such and such about all that. Yeah. And I, I left him stumped. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's good. I, I, let me go talk to pastor about that. Yeah. yeah. And so when we separated, I was like, ooh. <laughs> okay, God. Yeah. Like, in that moment, like, God had just proved himself mm. that I was on the right path. Yeah. And that, again, I was like two weeks of walking with him and so for me to be this babe that shut down this guy that was like a student wow like yeah. god showed up yeah wow can we can we talk about that yeah for a minute because um mm-hmm. you know how we, uh, we were talking about the work of the holy spirit yeah not too long ago and one of the things that is listed as far as like what the holy spirit does or what jesus said he would do was to bring the word to mm. your remembrance yep right you know and then it, it even says <laughs> what was the other scripture you always talk about this man in the moment when you're standing before people the spirit will give you the right words to say yeah right yeah. so these are this is like a scripturally sound happening mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that you have this guy so it's, it's incredible now let me say um during that two-week period of me like really coming back into my relationship Every day I would go into the library Mm -hmm. and I'd go into the library with my Bible and God would say, read this. Mm. And so then the next day, you know, same thing, go to the library, pull out the word. God would say, read this. Wow. And so for weeks, God became my teacher. Wow. And so he would tell me what to read and he kept building this understanding in me about the things of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so... By the time I got to to that conversation uh-huh. with the guy, I had some word in me. Yeah. And so he had something to you. God yeah. had something to use right. to bring back to my remembrance. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I want to put that in there. Because yeah, the whole we have to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you've got no word in you, then when you get to situations, yeah. Yeah. it's too late. To right. try and pray or find a word. Oh man, what's that? Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the parable of the uh, the seed and the sower. Like mm-hmm. you were that fertile soil, mm-hmm. and you know, like you were able to bear that fruit in the moment. Whereas, you know, other people, it may not have been the situation. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, so many things we could talk about right now. <laughs> but your story is like you were in church you mm-hmm, were involved mm-hmm. with this church or whatever but now like the situation has changed a little bit mm-hmm. where you're developing this really really personal mm-hmm. very very personal because it seems like like before like you were learning about god mm-hmm. worshiping alongside other people and everything mm-hmm. that's okay that's cool mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. but now 
it's really, really personal. Right. Mm-hmm. It's personal like never right. before. Right. Right. And you're talking to God like you would talk to us. Mm-hmm. You, he's teaching you. He's talking to you, mm-hmm. you know, and he's telling you what to do every day. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's on another level. Right. right. That's a level that we all need to be striving towards. Because yeah. a lot of us grow up in church, especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. At least when I was growing up, a lot of us went to church on Sundays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what we did. It wasn't who we are. Right. And it wasn't until wow. I got to Howard and went through that experience of getting saved in this cult, coming out of it, having that encounter with God himself, that it really did become personal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my mom's faith. It wasn't uh, my grandmom's religion. Yeah. It was something that I was living personally every day of the week. And again, it wasn't just a Sunday thing that I did, Jeez. but it became who I am. Jeez. Wow. Jeez. When did you like establish the, because it's not everybody would use the word cult to describe such a situation. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when did you start to even like call it that publicly even? Cause may I even ask the question first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is a cult? Like how would we define that? Mm-hmm. Just so we have a good definition of terms. Google the real dictionary and then I'll expound right. on that. I like that. All right. <clears throat> Google. Yeah. Got it. All right. So the word cult as defined by Google says a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. Mm. Um, a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Another definition is a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person Mm. or thing. Hmm. So I think typically when we think of cult, you nine times out of 10, it's very negative. Mm -hmm. You know, we think of the, the Jim Jones, right? Who had his, uh, followers to drink the Kool-Aid and kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Or we, you know, um, there are cults where you have like this, this dominant charismatic leader, usually male figure who has all of these women in his flock that he's sleeping with. Mm-hmm. So yeah. usually it is very negative and it's from the outside. It's easy to spot that that's a cult. Mm-hmm. The, the, the pushback I would add to that is that's not always the case. Okay. Sometimes, man, like the devil, when the Bible says the angel comes, I mean, the devil comes as an angel, angel of light. light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if the devil comes as an angel of light, hmm. what that means is it's not always obvious. Right. And like he's not walking around with horns. Yeah. And a pitchfork right. saying, I'm the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it, it's very subtle. It's it's manipulation mm. that makes things a cult. And so, you know, for, again, like the church, some of the things that made it a cult is when you develop these, we do this, we mm-hmm. do this, we do this, we do this. Hmm. And all of that is evidence that we are the church of God. Okay. Okay. If you are a part of something else mm-hmm. and you're not doing all of these things that we do, yeah, you might not be saved. Okay. You yeah. might not be going to heaven. Gotcha. So that's how it becomes a cult yeah. because yeah. then your followers 
subconsciously develop that judgmental attitude yeah. mm-hmm. that we are the true disciples mm-hmm. because of all these things that we do and believe. And if you go somewhere else and you don't follow and practice like we do, mm-hmm. you roll in the dice with your salvation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I've been in places like that um, ah, where I've heard people say, well, if, you know, because there, there are many examples of this. Well, I've heard people say, if you, if you haven't spoken in tongues, then you're not saved. Whoa. Right. So it's like there are a lot of. There are a lot of things like that in the body. Wow. I forgot about the tongues. Uh, <laughs> uh-oh. All right. I'm going to take that laugh out. Uh, I, I did it again. Damn. Oh. I, I'm almost certain that all the time I was in the church, you never heard tongues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never. Okay. Because um, they didn't feel... And I could be wrong, but from, you know, what I remember, I think they didn't believe tongues necessarily had a place in the worship experience. Hmm. If Hmm. you wanted to, in your personal time, in your, you know, closet at home, you want to practice that cool beans, have at it. But in the um, the church church Sunday experience, you're not going to hear that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. whether that's good or bad, I don't know. It's just it is it is what it is. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there there's like a lot of stuff like this going on though, like little sects. S e I can't say that word well. S e c t s. Mm-hmm. But uh, where it's like these and is and again, is this like a system of of churches within this the was body? An, an is international it like national? church okay so they had um churches all over the world that um follow these same beliefs yeah. and doctrine sort okay. of like um so it's kind of like, sort of like the if, catholic church yeah for example. it's like if us three right here we got together we read our word and we were like all right we're gonna take this part and these parts and we are going to say that, you know, we're going to start a church and say that people need to adhere to these things primarily. Mm-hmm. And this is how we run it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but everything else that's involved in the word and different interpretations and stuff like that, that other people even may want to like suggest, we we ain't hearing that. This is, this is what we know it says. And we don't, we're, we're not going to like, we're not going to seek any like counsel on this is just like this is it right 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 that's mm. that's that's so i don't what do mm. you do you i mean you said you you pretty much said it like the devil is behind it but on a practical level like is this like i, I didn't say the devil's well, no, i'm the sorry church. you did you didn't you didn't you didn't i'll take that back but you said you know that the devil <laughs> you quoted the scripture about how the devil can appear as an mm-hmm, angel mm-hmm, of light mm-hmm. right I'm, I guess I'm asking, like, what do you think is behind that type of, uh, well, I don't even want to call it a church, but what do you think is behind that type of group? Like, Honestly, are they, are they think, trying to get money? I think it was what sincere. Is, okay. I think they were sincere in their beliefs. 
that they wanted to be a modern day Acts church. Okay. 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 When you look in Acts, I think that was their model. Okay. Yeah. They were big on fellowship, breaking bread, Mm. being like the Bereans who the Bereans were a group of people that would hear Paul preach. Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, Paul, that's good what you're saying, but we're going to go study it. Mm -hmm. They were very much like that. Okay. They were students of the word, big on fellowship, breaking bread. And so I believe that they were sincere in wanting to be that Acts church. Mm -hmm. The problem is... When you become so um, regimented in this is us and this is what we do and this is what we believe, Mm -hmm. where it becomes judgmental toward Mm -hmm. everyone else that may do things differently. Yeah. Mm. And you're judging people based on things that are not even what Jesus was concerned about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I know we spent we're spending a lot of time on this, but it's I don't know it's just it's interesting and important. Though. Yeah, yeah, because I think that people listening to this have experienced things like this. Mm-hmm. You know, like these, and hard it's not over. <laughs> There's oh, yeah, more. I was about to, more. That's what I was about to say too. Yeah. Like I feel like you have a whole lot more. There's more to and the we're journey. Just sitting yeah, on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't talk about this no more. We got to go. Okay, yeah. to the next part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> we keep it moving. Um, and so after that experience of really. Um, developing that personal relationship with the Lord. Um, I was still on campus and um, I had, you know, gotten involved with some different churches here and there Mm -hmm. and just, you know, filling them out, getting to know uh, more churches and more people. And there were a couple that I joined, you know, for periods of time to just, again, grow and learn. Mm -hmm. And then one year I got into this uh, particular church that, um, was very pivotal in my life at that period of time. Okay, uh, a good friend of mine who um, was going to the church at the time. She was going. She loved it. She invited me, and I went and really enjoyed it. Um, I, you know, I, I, you know, I liked the the people. I liked the atmosphere. You know, just liked everything about it. Mm-hmm. And so started going. Started visiting joined and um she the 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 uh, pastor was a woman a uh, single woman and she gave me opportunities to serve in the church you know and serve in leadership mm-hmm. and so she gave me like my first opportunities to teach and preach on Sundays wow um she allowed me to lead the youth ministry uh for a period of time and uh, helping to lead the men's ministry. So she gave me all these opportunities to lead and teach, which was, you know, great for me. Uh, being, you know, um, 22, 23 at the okay. time. Wow. And so it was great. And then flags started going up. I started noticing different flags about the church that started to unsettle me. Okay. One of the things that bothered me was it was a small church, say between twelve to twenty people, mm-hmm. and you know that that's 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 good. You know, it's not a bad thing to be a small church. The problem was when you are a church of twelve to twenty people, and you stay there, mm-hmm. 
something about that started to bother me hmm. that after all these years of teaching and you know um all the the great times of worship and prayer is there something here that is stopping us from growing beyond mm. this 12 people it's like mm-hmm. a church where um everybody's family yeah it's 10 15 years later but it's still aunt uncle cousin nieces nephews again it's not a bad thing but after a period of time you start to wonder is there a reason why we're not growing beyond these same eight people yeah because i mean even going back to acts when you read it it says like you know they were they preached the word like the apostles went they preached the word and you know, five thousand mm-hmm, that day mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. Com- came to Christ. So, it, like, it says so they it were added daily, added yeah, daily. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there should be constant growth. some constant growth. Yeah, and wow. and so that was one of the things that started to bother me that every week it's the same ten people that are coming, mm-hmm. and we'd have people to come and visit, but they wouldn't stay, and so that you know kind of bothered me and then along with that at times there were people that were like key to the ministry that would leave like an elder would leave or one of the uh, women that had been there since the beginning would leave Mm. and so as these people were leaving it would it would bother me like why are these people leaving yeah and i would try to have conversations with them but nothing would ever be said about why they left they would just you know you know they would just leave and that would be that and so yeah that it bothered me that they would leave and not because i'm like all right let me know like is there something (laughs) i need to be aware of like y'all leaving let me know if there's something i'm not aware of you know for me yeah (laughs) um and so again i was you know Again, learning, growing, and even though there were some of these flags, mm-hmm. I would just kind of put it on the back burner yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, and keep grinding, keep working. And then one of the biggest decisions that I made at the time that I'll just say it. So I got accepted to Fuller Theological Seminary in mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. And you know, not great seminary known, I think, around the world. And they had a worship and arts program. Okay. And for those that don't know me, I'm an actor and a writer. And and I had a theater company at the time. And our focus was worship and arts. Wow. Hmm. So that was big. And so that's what we did. We yeah. incorporated our arts and our worship to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we would do productions and plays um, that had that focus on worship and arts. Wow. So that was a huge part of who I was and what I did. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I got accepted to Fuller to study worship and arts, I was like, man, yeah, that's yeah. what's up. Like things are lining up. Right. You know, I'm I'm gonna take everything that I've been doing here and just go and learn more about worship and arts and how to build this thing into a, uh, you know, a major program. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> and so what happened was I had a conversation with, you know, 
the pastor who basically said, okay, Ray, you know, I hear everything you're saying. Mm. Here's the thing. You can do that. You, you, can, you can accept that and you can go off to California and, and study there and do all of that. But just know that that's your own thing. Mm. But see, what you're doing here is if, if you look at it, Ray, we are, are building ministry here. We are saving souls. We're saving lives. We're preaching. We're teaching. And you see God at work here in the church. And so if you want to leave what God is doing here in the church and go do your own thing, you can do that. It's your choice, but just know that's the choice you're making Wow! to either go off and do your own thing or to stay here and doing the work of ministry. It's your choice, Ray. You Mm. decide. And so like when, when you think about manipulation, like, that is manipulation at its finest yeah. mm-hmm. because she put the ball in my court to say it's your decision. Yeah. But when you frame it like that, yeah. like this is God's thing here, mm-hmm. you can you can help to build God's ministry or go do your own thing. Yeah. As though when God you're 21, is not in 22, that. 23, yeah. what, what you gonna do? Yeah. It's like you, you Christian, right? You implying yeah, you're, that you're like, are you Christian? <laughs> All right, so you can either choose God's will, yeah, or you you can choose your own will, yeah, Christian. When that, that is not you, Ooh. you're not even being led by the Holy Spirit to even yeah. say that. Mm. Jesus, and you know, me being um, in my early twenties, I decided to for, forego that opportunity to go study worshiping arts wow. at Fuller to stay here and, and build help build the church. Wow. Mm. And so that was another one of those major red flags. Mm. But again, I put it to the back burner yeah. and I said, okay, God, I'm going to forego that opportunity so that I can put my hands to the plow here mm-hmm. and help build this ministry to be everything that you want it to be. But after that, I never had peace again. Mm. So I, I stayed wow. there and, you know, I, I was still um, trying to, you know, keep Wait, my hands to the plow and work. For mm-hmm. a second. Like, why do you think you didn't have peace after that decision? I, I think God was ringing an mm. alarm mm. for me. That's interesting to look at it. But like at the that, time, yeah. it, I don't think it was loud enough for me to, to answer. Yeah. So, you know, because, again, it was, it was all these red flags. Uh-huh. But, again, the way it was framed, yeah. You when you see these red flags, you attribute it as that's the devil. Right. Trying to sway me from what God is doing here. Ooh. Um, mm. And that's, so whew. I would, uh, you know, I would put the red flags off and stay busy. But once the whole decision was made to not go to fuller and to stay here Mm -hmm. it again that that i just never had peace again and so i stuck around for a a period of time until um once my friend left that had brought me to the church once she left and she had been there like darn near since the beginning and so when she left 
that was like almost that final straw. Mm. And um, at the time, she had a, um, there was a guy that she was dating and they had um, gotten engaged and she brought him into the church Mm. and he got saved in the church. The, The pastor of the church, she, you know, she didn't save him, but, you know, she helped God to get him saved. Okay. And so because of that, naturally, he had this this love for the church and for the pastor that saved his life. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so they ended up breaking up, you know, for whatever reason. And then soon after she left, I decided to leave. And, oh, at the time, I also was seeing someone. You know, I was dating someone. Mm-hmm. And the church... And the pastor even became a point of tension for us in our relationship. Wow. Because my girlfriend at the time, she didn't feel like everything was right. Hmm. Like she felt that the pastor, you know, had this this mothering spirit. Mm-hmm. I didn't say smothering. I said mothering, <laughs> uh-huh. even though, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so because of this mothering spirit that she had, it became controlling. Okay. And so you could see that control come out. And again, how I talked about the manipulation yeah. that took place with, with me. And then after my friend left the church and then I left soon after, come to find out my friend's ex-fiance, I'll call him Bob, Bob then bought the pastor a 300. Now at the time, the 300s were like the hood Bentleys. Yeah. You're talking about the Chrysler. Yeah. The okay. Chrysler 300. <laughs> like this was around the time that they were first coming out. Okay. And so like <laughs> them Wait, jokers. What? Oh, so somebody bought the pastor. The fiance. Yeah, Bob, dude. Bob. My, Bob. my friend's <laughs> ex fiance. That's crazy. They had broken up. Yeah. He got saved in the church, so he was still there. Like, yeah. He, he was all in. Yeah. Bought the pastor this brand new 300. Okay. And, you know, them pastor? jokers wasn't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> love his pastor. I love his pastor. <laughs> Bought her this 300. Uh-huh. Soon after, he was made a deacon. I don't know what the process was for him to become a deacon. Uh-huh. But she made him a deacon. Buys her the 300. And then I found out a few months later they had gotten married. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Again, like flags whoa. all over the place. But you were out of there you by, the time. by that By the time they got married, I had left. <laughs> Wait, okay. So let me rewind back. So your friend, when your friend made a decision to leave, mm-hmm. did you have any clues as to like why she, was it an abrupt leaving? Was it like she told you like, hey, I'm out of here because... You know, they got something this. going on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or was it like you didn't really know like why she left? I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. But I think by that by that time, uh-huh. I didn't really need to know why she left. Okay. Oh, like I knew her enough to know that if she's leaving, yeah. she's <laughs> not leaving like for no reason. Yeah. Like yeah. there is some stuff Man. that's making her leave. Because yeah. again, she was there from the the, the get go, yeah. and they they were close, and so for her to leave, 
I, I didn't need to know all the the whys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was enough mm. for me to to get that that final flag to mm. say, all right, it's time to make a move. Okay, so and you're like 23 mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So continue on. <laughs> continue on. Yeah, man. So after that experience, by God's grace, and and the the good thing about my valley exp- my valley experience going through the cult mm. church at this point wasn't an end all be all to me. Like there may have been some church hurt because of you know things that happened but it didn't do anything to rock my relationship like yeah so i you know i left the church but me and god were still just yeah. as tight you're grounded like in i god. could still open yeah. up the word and hear god say read this read that mm. teach on this teach on that mm. and so leaving the church and all of the negative stuff again it didn't affect my walk and then, you know, by God's grace, I was able to find another church here in Maryland. And I'll shout it out, Zion. Um, I loved Zion. And so when I found Zion, everything about it was just on the up and up. Mm-hmm. The people were loving and warm. Uh, Pastor Battle was a great teacher, but he was so down to earth, like, he was relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't get the impression that he was like this untouchable bishop mm-hmm. that preached on stage, but you couldn't like talk access. to and, and access. Yeah. Yep. And so when I got to Zion, that was like a great model of a great church for me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like full, going full circle mm-hmm. uh, once I got to Zion. Yeah, I used to I used to attend Zion. I like I like those guys. Yeah, I wanted to like interview Pastor Battle. We're just waiting on a topic, a yeah, reason. Yeah, sure. Let it let it he's be spirit led. Dude. But yeah, he, he's a cool dude, man. Mm. So Zion was kind of like your your resting mm-hmm. place after yep. after yep. all of that. Yeah. Sheesh. I, well, I, when I once I got to Zion, I like that's where I sat down. Mm-hmm. Like I sat down, got comfortable. And just became a servant. I was active in uh, their youth ministry. They had a dynamic youth ministry at the time, and I became a leader. I mean, in the youth ministry, they had an active performing arts uh, ministry, mm-hmm. and you know, we were doing productions on a regular basis. So, mm. yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's and dope, you man. know, sort of brings me to. You know, where I am today. <laughs> so yeah. I want to ask you this question, like after, because you stuck with church, right? And so I'm wondering, like, what made you continue to go to different churches? Right. Like, was it like, okay, I know, I know the right places out there. I just keep stumbling into, you know, mm. like these strange situations, mm. you know, or was it like an attitude like well you know i'm a part of i understand things are not right with every church every church has its flaws kind of thing and i just need to get what i need to get you know like what was your mentality i guess going between between churches like why continue to return to a church because i could see myself even being like well man i'm not 
I'm done with church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, so what was it that kept you kept you going? So one thing I think is um, I think God allowed me to go through all of these different experiences. For one, like in my life, you see the scripture, all things work together, mm-hmm. like lived out. Mm-hmm. Like you see how all of these things that I've gone through, even though they felt I don't know, tragic or, you know, you have these valley experiences, but you see how it all worked together for my good Uh because it developed the solid faith that I have and I can spot real from phony now. Mm -hmm. I can spot authentic from not authentic. And so even with the the negative church experiences, Uh It's worked together for my good because yeah. it's developed discernment. I say it's trained your eye. It's yeah. trained my eyes, trained my spirit. And the reason I kept um, sort of searching uh-huh. is because no matter how much I think I know, mm-hmm. I still need someone who knows more than me teaching me. Yeah. Um, mm. Because... We all, and the way I look at it is, we all need a Paul, a Peter, and a Timothy. Hmm. And what I mean by that is, we all need a Paul, mm-hmm. someone who can teach us the word because we don't know it all. Right, right. Um, we need someone that's going to give us revelation, that's going to give us understanding, that's going to challenge us, convict us, you know, do all the things that a pastor would do. Mm-hmm. We need a Paul, we need a Peter. We need um, people on our same level that we can be accountable with, that Mm. we can fellowship with, break bread with, somebody that we can be real with, um, you know, that's going to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. And then we need a Timothy. We need people that we're pouring into, Hmm. people that we are discipling. And all the things we go through is not just for us. And so one reason why we get into church is to yes, be taught, but Mm -hmm. it's also to serve and to be used Mm -hmm. with all of your knowledge. It does us no good for you to be on this Island with all of this information, but you're not giving it to anybody. Mm -hmm. There are people who need to hear your story. They need to know that you went through drug addiction. You went through alcohol addiction. You, Mm -hmm. you know, you used to be a prostitute, now you're not. All of those things need to be talked about in church where people can see real people who mm-hmm. have gone through real life and you can share your testimony. Mm-hmm. And like the scripture says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. But if none of us are in church sharing our testimonies, we're, we're we're hindering other people's deliverance. Yeah, wow. Because it's like we're we're doing we're we're not doing what Paul talked about when he's like, you know, I boast in my weaknesses. Yeah, you know, in my weaknesses, therefore, there I am strong. Excuse right. me. Right. And it's like we we kind of do the opposite. We'll we'll get up there and want to you know just show the shiny side yeah. and stuff like that. But like even when you look at nature, um. Like God has set it up where like even decay and death is used. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Like mm-hmm. if you see a deer on the side of the road, flies are eating it, birds are coming to eat it. Like so 
everything in your life, yeah. no matter what, it can be used wow. for like good. So you have to talk about that stuff. Mm. Obviously, with like discernment and everything. But yeah, you should be, you know, telling the people who you think are supposed to hear it about your your tragedies and your yeah. your shortcomings and stuff like that. Right. Because even if you're in them still. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, when you look at it, church is simply the ecclesia. It's mm-hmm. the the people. It's the saints gathering together to share life. And there's no way that I could be a Christian not in a community of other believers where we're being challenged, convicted, mm. encouraged, uplifted, um, you know, encouraged and inspired to to keep going, to push forward. You can't do all that for yourself. Right. You right. can't challenge yourself, convict yourself, encourage yourself. Yeah. Uh, when you're down, like you can't hold yourself accountable all the time. Yeah. Like no Christian can be a one man island, and so. That's one of the reasons why I would keep going back to church because I know its place. I know its role. Mm -hmm. I don't need it to be saved. But if I'm going to be a healthy, growing Christian, I need to be in a fellowship of other believers that is, again, helping to do all the things that a body does. Wow. Mm. That was going to be my next question is, what do you think the proper place of the church is in the life of a christian Hmm. you know we all need it we all need it yeah it doesn't save you but apart from it you're not gonna grow Mm -hmm. Uh, i paused before i said that but quote me on that Mm -hmm. you cannot be a one man or one woman christian that is healthy and growing if you are not part of a local body. Mm-hmm. It's not scriptural. Yeah. Jesus was in community. Mm-hmm. Jesus had 12. He had three. You know, he had those three that yeah. he was really tight with. And he had the 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look in scripture, even God himself was a God of community. Mm-hmm. It was the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So all through the Bible, you see the the need for community. Acts was Adam all about Eve, yeah. community. Mm-hmm. And so for anyone to think that they can live this Christian life and be healthy and not be in a church, again, a, a local body of believers that's helping you to grow and learn and to, to serve, yeah, you're not going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about that not too long ago how necessary the body is and Mm -hmm. it's like this image just flashed in my mind like imagine like you don't nowhere in scripture do you see anybody like healing themselves or prophesying to themselves or you know doing like the gifts are not manifested unto them yeah but it's all for the rest of the body Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, ministry mm -hmm. to the rest of the body yeah you know even when we talk about like the fivefold ministry at the end of that scripture where the fivefold ministry is listed out, it says for the edification of the body. Of mm-hmm. the body. Like, all these, all this exists for the edification of the body. Yeah. You know? So it's fellowship. And I like how, you know, like listen to your testimony. It's not about the building. It's not about, 
you know, any kind of organization. Mm-hmm. It's about the fellowship mm-hmm. with the other believers. It's the people, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. then like I love how you put, you know, the Paul, the Peter, and the Timothy. Somebody you're you're learning from, somebody you are growing with and somebody to pour into mm-hmm. that was that was awesome yeah so because then there's there's a lot of people today that um have this feeling like yeah you know i don't go to church but mm-hmm. i know god you know mm-hmm. i'm a believer um and and i'm good there's a lot of people that you'll meet mm-hmm. that that believe that that think that way that mm-hmm. they're good um, they have their spirituality. Mm-hmm. They believe in a higher power, and that, and they believe that that's enough. Mm-hmm. But again, if you want to be a healthy uh, disciple of Christ, you can't do that by yourself. You're just deceiving yourself mm-hmm. to think that you can be on an island and you're going to teach yourself everything you need to know. Yeah. That you're going to hold yourself accountable when mm. you fall short. Wow. That you're going to convict yourself when you're in sin. Mm. That you're going to encourage yourself when you're at your lowest. Mm. Mm-hmm. No one can do all of that themselves. Yeah. And so again, if anyone is out there and you think that you're good because you know, you've learned some things about God and you've learned some things about the word and you think you're good out there by yourself. You're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like how you said, like, fellowshipping with a local group of believers, because I'm thinking about somebody like you who may have, uh, you know, gone through this uh, period of like church hurt. But mm-hmm. you still could have like said like, all right, well, let me just like find a Bible study group mm-hmm. or let mm-hmm. me find, you know, just a, a group of people who are meeting in in the park or doing something that is going to, you know, help edify me. And I could like learn from them and we can just still, you know, worship God together and, and talk about God and, you know, just fellowship together. But it's like it doesn't have to always be you know, I'm in this big church right, exactly. and I'm doing this and I'm a member here. Like, that's not, I don't think that's what you're saying. You're mm-hmm. saying, like, just find that group that is going to, like, feed you and you can feed it. Yeah. I uh, I have another question. Mm-hmm. So what if I find myself in a church right now or in a group of, you know, people mm-hmm. Where these doctrines, these like false doctrines, Uh-oh, or these hard line doctrines careful. are in play, I know, right? They're in play already. Mm-hmm. Um, how should I address that? You know, is it like, would you always say leave, mm-hmm. you know, or would you say challenge the leader? Hmm. What, what would you suggest? Number one, uh, <laughs> you got to pray and be mm. led by the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. Right, right. I know that sounds cliched, no, real. but that's real. It's important. Because when you pray and you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, the Holy Spirit knows everything. Mm-hmm. Like He knows people's hearts. He knows where people are in their journey. And you don't want to prematurely do something or say something that's not in God's timing. Yeah. Like God may be doing something behind the scenes and 
um, if you're praying and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you, I believe he'll give you some inclinations, mm. some signs to either say, you need to say something to this person yeah. in love to just shed some light hmm. based on your experiences. Mm-hmm. So like if I were to go, um, like let's say someone invited me to come to their church with them. Mm-hmm. And with this discernment, I'm here and I'm, I'm listening and I'm learning and I'm just, and my discernment is like kicking in like, mm, something right. Yeah. I'm not going to address the pastor in that moment. I'm not going to do anything like that, but I may have a conversation with my friend mm-hmm. yeah. and just ask some questions. Like now, you know, when the pastor um, went into the offering lines and said, I need a hundred people to give me their paychecks <laughs> and I need 50 people to give me their car keys. You know, when he said that, like that ain't biblical, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, if we turn to the word, you're not going to find that in the scripture. So we may have that mm. conversation like one-on-one, yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. but I'm not going to, you know, in that environment, approach that pastor. Mm. So pray, let the Holy Spirit lead you, use some discernment about what you say, when you say it, and how you say it. Mm-hmm. Because the Lord may open an opportunity for you to have a conversation with the leader. Yep. But if you're not being led by the Holy Spirit and you just go guns blazing, yeah. he's not going to be receptive to anything you're saying. Yeah. But if the Holy Spirit is working behind the scenes on him, and then you come in and say, hey, pastor, you know, I was I was reading something and it just really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And I've been noticing that we've been doing things this way. Yeah. But scripturally, mm-hmm. I don't see that. Right. Can you help me you know, reconcile what we're doing with what I see in the scriptures? And if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead, mm-hmm. he might go, huh. Yeah. God yep. has been dealing with me behind the scenes on what you wow. just said. Wow. <laughs> and so that's confirmation that we may need to make some changes here. Yeah. But again, if you're not being led and you just go guns blazing, yeah. you get in the way of what God was trying to do. Wow. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of um that scripture that says, like, acknowledge me in all your ways. I'll make your path straight. You know, but Mm -hmm. and that's what you talked about, too. Like the first thing you do is pray. Mm -hmm. Right. So the first thing you do is say, God, how do I even go about this? Mm -hmm. Right. And then God will lead you, like you said. So everything you do after that will have that grace associated with it. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, like there's a scripture mm -hmm. that says uh, watch and pray. And there's more to it. Mm -hmm. But that's what comes to mind. Watch and pray. Mm -hmm. And if you're being watchful and you're praying and you're keeping your eyes alert and open, God will like give you opportunities to do what you need to do for his glory to be seen. Yeah. And you know, whatever form that takes. Yeah. Watch, pray, and allow him to lead you and keep your eyes open for those opportunities. Because yeah. they will come. I think Every time we start talking about this, because I'm a very like confrontational person, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes mm-hmm. to like, <laughs> yo, this dude, yeah. go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm learning, you know, to like slow down, seek counsel first, and stuff like that. But 
I I I took a lesson from uh was it Acts where Paul was basically talk, talking about when he had to rebuke Peter and correct him, right? Mm. And it seems like about him showing favoritism. Uh mm. yeah. Okay. And not eating certain mm-hmm. food because these oh. people are watching and now you switched up. You don't want to sit with the Gentiles and stuff like that. And he said, he said in the scripture, he said, I had to openly and publicly rebuke Peter in front of everybody. And he like made it a point to say that, like I did it in front of everybody mm-hmm. to like. So I'm still trying to understand that to to a extent but it's like there are these situations where because the issue that paul had with it was that peter was he was hanging out with these gentiles eating anything he wanted then these influential jews came and he started you know switching up his ways and the gentiles that were following peter are now like oh okay like since these people are here i can't eat i can't eat this stuff either if peter's acting like this and so he was like leading these other people astray Mm -hmm. and it was like harming obviously their relationship with god like this is not you know obviously paul is like this is not what it's about it's not what you eat and drink and stuff like this but you're obviously leading these people to think this now and he's like i publicly rebuked him so i'm i'm just saying that to say like i think there are these instances where if a leader or a brother or sister like one of us is like you're you're blatantly like misleading people and and having them fall into this religiosity that you if you're spirit led obviously paul was filled with the holy spirit but like i don't think someone like i think about it like this right i know i'm ranting but i think about it like i've never seen anybody like pop up in church and if you thought about the idea of somebody just popping up in church and being like pastor that is incorrect. Yeah. You get uncomfortable thinking about that, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, that. you should never do that. But I feel like, why Why would you get uncomfortable if if a yeah. dude is up here saying some stuff and like 80 people are like just taking it in and like, all right, mm-hmm. you know. Amen, I, amen. amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's telling you like, if you don't do this, you yeah. ain't going to get this. Or the, it's like, hold up, bro. Right. And I boil in those moments like... I, I, hey, oh, oh, I'm gonna chill right now. No, nah, well, I'm gonna chill. I've yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen somebody <laughs> do that on the topic of tongues before. Mm-hmm. We're all sitting there. Somebody's teaching us about tongues. This young guy, you know, he's young, so people are not like honoring like his knowledge and wisdom and stuff hmm. like that, right? Like, but, but just because of his youth, right? Mm. But he's very well studied. Like, yeah, that's all he did was study the Bible, right? And so he pops up, and he's like, "But that's incorrect," hmm. like that. And he said, I'll "During the show service, you during the service." And he said, "It was like a Bible study. Okay, it wasn't well, like a Sunday okay, service, okay, okay. but it's like that's even different." Bible but study, yeah, I'm, but I'm it's with being you. <laughs> taught, it's being taught by a bishop, mm. right? So this is like the pastor's bishop. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's being taught by the bishop. This wow. young guy stands up. He starts talking about it, making his point, pointing the scripture. And like the whole thing just like got so crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. the bishop told him to sit down. He was like, you know, oh, you're, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Sit down like that without any kind of defense uh-huh, or uh-huh. scriptural arguments or anything. It's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Sit down. I started to say something and he was <laughs> like, you know, you, you don't know what you're talking about either. Be quiet. 
like that. And I'm like, Sheesh. oh, you know, and that's then, rough. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But yeah. the guy, he, he took a stand. Yeah. He got up, he grabbed his wife, he said, We are out of here and we're not coming back here. Mm. Like that. And it's because his his argument, which was based on scripture, was not even heard. It wasn't yeah. even considered. Yeah. It's like here we are, we're supposed to be speaking on the basis of God's word, and you won't even hear my my scriptural argument. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, like oh. we're not even trying to build each other up. Yeah. There's no understanding and that we're trying that, to work. <laughs> the whole, but all the people who were like the Amen corner, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh my, oh my God, oh, what is going on in here? And this is the the, the, the devil, and you know, all wow. that kind of, you know what I'm saying? So it was dissension, a, dissension. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people got accused of having evil spirits. Like, it wow, was, it was out of control. And you see what that religious spirit does right there. It's like. That's that's the point. Yeah. It's like you now you have all these other people who are they're not even thinking about like uh wanting God to um help them understand. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're just you're just right. going you're just taking what the pastor says and what the church is doing yeah. as that's it. But you look at somebody like Ray where he's like I didn't get what I needed there, but I got this intimacy with God now yeah. where I now know his voice right. and I can see how he operates. And I know if I go somewhere, if it's wrong, I'm going to see it because I understand my father. Right. Where it's like, no, you, you're, you're, you're saying like, I understand what pastor teaches yeah. and how he operates. Mm. It's such a difference. But it's a difference. Man, that's such a it's difference. It's a difference. So that's, that's cult stuff right there yeah. where it's like, you just... It's literally what the definition what you're saying. Like you're you're worshiping this dude's yeah. operation or this uh organization the way they do it. Mm. But you're not you're not honoring God really. Mm. So all right. You just brought up <laughs> a great point, right? Going back to this relationship mm-hmm. thing and how important that is, right? And it just shows like how serious it is to have a real relationship with God so that the Holy Spirit, as the word says, will guide you into all truth. Mm-hmm. And what I kind of wanted to ask Ray, um, as maybe like a wrap up question, I don't know yeah. if we there. We yet going a good not. two hours. <laughs> yeah, we like hitting we coming up on one an hour and thirty right nice. now. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, in that moment, in your dorm room where you are venting and you are like, you know, like, like just speaking to God on all your frustrations. And then you hear his voice. Like, what do you think it was about? Like, because it seems like that was the pivotal point where a true relationship just began to manifest itself in a way that you hadn't experienced before. Mm. What do you think it was about that moment? You know, like, what do you think happened right then and there? Cause I like I I feel like I I know what happened in that moment because uh. the moment that you had is so similar to a moment that I've experienced where mine kind of became so real, you know. But what would you say, like that that moment? What were the keys to I that? I think moment? it's all about position. Mm-hmm. I was. At my lowest point mm-hmm. where um, I was so 
hurt and angry and confused, um, all the emotions, and it was all directed toward God. Mm -hmm. And so my position was being totally broken, Mm. totally broken um, and totally dependent upon needing God to speak in this moment. Mm. Um, almost like, um, on the, the edge of a cliff type moment. Yeah. Like I'm at my lowest Mm. and if I don't hear you, I'm jumping off this cliff. Mm. Yes, sir. And it's oftentimes when God speaks clearly, Mm. even if it's a whisper, Mm. um, because there's in that moment, there's no distractions. Yeah. Like when I was in that moment, there were no distractions. Hmm. And a lot of times when we're at our lowest and we're broken and hurt, a lot of times there's little distraction mm-hmm. and it's like, there's you. And because God is this loving, all present father, he's right there with you. Yeah. yeah. And so when it's just you and you're broken and God is there, who's been there. Yeah. He's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> now the door's open. Yeah. Now you can hear me. Mm. A lot of times it's like I've been speaking this whole time. Yeah. I've been knocking this whole time, but you weren't ready to hear me. Yeah. You weren't opening the door to hear me, even though I've been here this whole yeah. time. Yeah. Now the condition is right for you to hear me. Mm. Wow. I don't, I don't know if that's wow. going to be a wrap up question. We might be sitting <laughs> here for a minute because I feel like that's. I mean, I'm just meeting you today, but we we've been bonding and sharing our stories and stuff. Yeah, and I feel like that's a common thread between mm-hmm. each of us. Like he met us at low moments. Like same yeah. thing for me. He met us where I was like in despair, mm-hmm. walking up a hill by myself, like yeah, defeated. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And he was like, "Here I am." Yeah, now <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and you had that same experience where like you were. I know you, Marcus was in the closet by himself. In the closet. Crying. Crying <laughs> on my knees. But yeah. Yeah. But I'm sitting here thinking though. You just, you just laugh. Yeah, at I did. Me being in the closet I'm crying sorry. on my wow. wow. I'm laughing because you're my man. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. And it's just funny to <laughs> think about you just going in the closet by yourself crying. <laughs> but uh, do you, do you, what are y'all. I know you like, you know, Christ says like, it's hard for a rich man mm-hmm. to get into the kingdom. And it's like, mm. I'm thinking about people, I'm thinking about friends, I'm thinking about family, people who may not have these low moments mm. that we've had where you're on your knees, you like, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. But it's interesting. The other interesting part of it is that we're all seeking God in those moments. Right. Like, we're trying not to give up, but we're like, God, I'm... Oof. I'm about to give up though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I need you right right now or yeah. it ain't going to be nothing yeah. else. You I know? think that's what it is though. I think it's that element of like being real. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like you could go to church for years, mm-hmm. right? But never be real with God. So mm-hmm. like if you listen to Ray's story, he's like, I'm frustrated mm-hmm. with God, which is that's how more honest 
can you be yeah you know what i mean like when you're like god i'm frustrated with you i'm i'm annoyed at how i i dedicated myself to you and you led me into this situation how mm-hmm. much more real can you be yeah with god and it's like you think about real relationships right any real relationship requires it requires you to be as honest yeah. as you can possibly be about who you are where you are and what you're you know you're hoping to do you know yeah. what i mean but it's like without that like, you know how the Bible says, like, um, when, when John was preaching to people, he said, repent and make way for the kingdom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that repentance wasn't just like, oh, I'm sorry for this sin. I'm sorry for that sin. Right. No, it was that acknowledgement. Like, all right, all right, all right. I'm a sinner. I got to be real about this. Mm-hmm. I've been sinning. I'm not right with God. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But I, I want to be right. You know, and I desire to be right. It's like, that's what repentance looks like. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I will turn away from these things. You know what I'm saying? But I recognize they're wrong, but mm-hmm. I will turn away. But it's this moment of like reality, like you're being real, yeah. you're being honest, you're being naked mm-hmm. before God. You know, like we talked about like, um, like Adam and Eve in the garden and they, you know, this sounds like it just went way left, but nah, like Adam and Eve in the garden and naked, there was no shame. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You think about how like shame gets us to cover up so much, gets us to pretend so much, to be so dishonest with everybody around us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even God, you know, it gets us to be dishonest with God. We'll pretend that we're a perfect Christian. We'll pretend that everything is a-okay yeah. when it's not. And when you come to that point where you're like, all right, I got to be real with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not hearing your voice like other people say they hear your voice. Mm. I don't feel like I'm being led like other people you know, are being led. What do you mean being led by the Spirit? If you are supposed to lead me by the Spirit, lead me by the Spirit. Mm. Like those moments of just being real and mm. honest and blunt with God is how that real relationship begins. Mm-hmm. Just like any other real valuable relationship that you have in the natural. Mm. And then uh, to piggyback on that, um, Jason, you were saying something, and I, I think this is where you were going. I think you were going to ask, like, what if you don't have that that horror story. What if you don't have that? Yep, that's what I was that ed, that end of the road experience. Yeah. What I would say is um, two things. I was thinking about this song by this artist. Um, his name is The Truth, and he has this old song where he says, "I don't have a horror story. Mm. God kept me in my youth. I give him all the glory." And in the song, he basically talks about he never had that. I was on drugs. Mm-hmm. Right. I was strung out. Uh, I was in my wits end. But he talks about, I don't have that horror story. Mm-hmm. But even in not having those um, those types of experiences, he still um, met the Lord. Yeah. And, and the scripture that comes to mind is, seek and you shall find. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, ask knock knock Mm -hmm. and the door will be open Mm -hmm. and so that scripture applies to anybody and everybody yeah like you may not have had a horror story you may not have um gone through a litany of life experiences maybe you know you were raised by perfect parents you went to the best schools and you know you just went through all these stages of life and right. never had to deal with great adversity. Right. Even you need, so we, we all need 
salvation. Yeah. Like, like I mentioned, I thought I was a good person, yeah. you know, smart, respectful, all of that. But even me thinking I was a good person, I was still a sinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still needed salvation. Mm-hmm. And so we all, regardless of your life experience, have to realize that we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. We're all born into sin. And the payment for that is death, eternal separation from God, apart from his mm-hmm. salvation. And so what I would say is, if you seek, you will find. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. If you knock, the door will be open. God wants no man to perish, but he wishes that every man and mm-hmm. woman, boy, girl would come to know him. Yep. And have a relationship with him. Yep. And so sometimes you you can be rich and wealthy and driving the nicest cars. But if you recognize your need for something greater, mm. if you recognize that even with all of the wealth, even with all of the fame, I still, because we all have this void. Yep. Mm-hmm. We all have, we're all born with a void that only God can fill. That's true. Which is why rich people will uh, oftentimes kill themselves because of this void that the money didn't fill, the mm-hmm. drugs didn't fill, the alcohol didn't fill. But if you, again, seek the Lord, mm-hmm. he will fill that void yep. because the void is a God-sized void that mm. only God can fill. Wow. Yep. And wow. so whatever stage of life people are in, we all have to recognize that we've all got a void and only God can fill that void. Wherever you are, whatever condition of life you're in, we are sinners we need a savior Mm -hmm. to save us from our sin and to give us hope. Mm -hmm. This world is depressing. Yes. Yes, it is. You could be filthy rich living in the hills of, of Beverly Hills and still get depressed by the condition of this world. Yeah. You still need God's unconditional love, and presence mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. with all of the the, the fame mm-hmm. you need his love mm-hmm. you yep. need his grace his forgiveness his protection because i'm now i'm thinking practically about you know that person who lives in the hills right well there are people who may be trying to break in your house yeah. but like when you start to when we talk practically now like when you acknowledge God first of all and and receive him and now you start to read these scriptures and he's saying stuff like you know I will you know be a hedge of protection for those who seek me for refuge and Mm. you know I will shield those who seek me for Mm. protection and stuff like this Mm. now you understand who he is more and what his desires are and what how he acts and you know his character and stuff like this so you even that person, you start to like your your anxiety may go down. Like mm. just these practical things, right? You yeah. you may sleep better at night just because he said, "I will give you the peace that surpasses understanding." Mm. You know, like so. Mm. It, it's these things about God that you'll start to learn and be confident in and believe. 
you start to learn about angels and unseen realm, like that they're protecting you and doing all of these things and ministering spirits that are that are doing things when you're not even thinking about it and they're protecting you from from evil and and, and it just you can't search the depths of God mm. enough. You know what I'm saying? You're never going to fully understand him, but you can trust him. You can get to know him and that peace will come regardless, like you're saying, of, of who you are, what you've been through. That's that's like the answer right there. Yeah. Sheesh. Mm. Man. That's a word. It is. All right. All right, man. Y'all done? Y'all <laughs> yeah, done? This is, this, is, this is more than a freedom yeah, episode. This is just. Was. Man. Okay. Okay. Man. Okay. All right. So all I right. guess I guess we have to wrap up. Do yeah. we? We don't have to, but no, we are. We don't. We're going to wrap up. It isn't no thing for us to do a two-hour podcast, yeah. though, because they ain't all two hours. Right. Shoot, right. Joe Rogan does them. Y'all be listening to him. <laughs> he be doing three hours out the gate. Right. <laughs> But th- this was good, man. This, yeah, this was, was this was awesome. I hope people stick around and listen to the whole thing because it was some gems and yeah, some nuggets. Nah, I'm, I'm certain. I'm this. certain they will. So how can um how can people find you? So <clears throat> I have a website. It's called RayWatsonTheSecond.com. Um, if you go to the website, um, you'll see all the different parts of me. Like I said, I'm an, I'm an actor, writer. I have a podcast myself called The Life Defined Podcast. Uh, you can find that on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, all that. So, yeah, RayWatsonTheSecond.com, and you can follow me from there. Nice, Man. nice. Well, hey, thanks for coming on. Yes, sir. I uh, had a blast talking to oh, you. Oh, I'm also a husband and father, so <laughs> got to shout out my wife. <laughs> Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout her out. Um, Alicia, love you. Um, she's got her own business, AllieWatsonMedia.com. If you need some videography or some photography work, she's yeah, dope. She does awesome stuff. Yeah, she got to shout her out. Uh, Allie Watson, A L I WatsonMedia.com. My two kids, Raymond and Reagan. Love the family. Awesome, man. awesome. Wow. Well, we hope you come back. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Just we already have some ideas of things we should do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Next time. So they yep. will, you will be here again. <laughs> Dope. Um, the D from the D. From the D. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all. No doubt, man. No doubt. All right, y'all. We will. Uh, we got some cool stuff coming up, too. We got a we're revamping the website. We it wasn't even vamped to be revamped. <laughs> it was kind of uh, just like a what do you call it uh you're the tech person skin and bones is that is that the phrase or bones and uh why are you talking about skin and bones i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do y'all say it's just like skeleton we're updating bones. the website bare bones oh there it you was go. bare bones i meant i said skin and bones <laughs> we got a skin and bones website it was bare bones bare nah, minimum, yeah, we, but we now definitely uh making some some updates yeah you, know, you guys will like really yeah, really dope it's, stuff. it's gonna be really cool so excited about and marcus that. said he's gonna have it ready by monday nah, so y'all jason should hold him to that on that that lead <laughs> so i appreciate that thank you jason <laughs> all right guys all right later thank you
Thank you guys for checking out this episode of the Word in the World podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and repost with the hashtag TheWordXTheWorldPodcast. Also, we'd love to hear from you, so please send your questions, comments, praise reports, and testimonies, basically any and everything. We just want to talk to you guys. Send everything to contact us at TheWordXTheWorld.com. Have a great week, and be sure to check out next week's episode. Peace.